Hello, everybody. We're in the locker room. It's Dungeon Wolf with Matt Williamson here in the locker room today. And uh, it's kind of a unique day because yeah, we're going right. to reset yeah. the broadcast team a little bit. Today we're going to have on all members of it. And that would, of course, uh, would be um, Missy Matthews uh, and Max Starks on the sidelines, Billy Hillgrove and and I in the booth, so it's gonna. We're gonna talk to everybody today and get the broadcast team together, Matt. So it'll be a Very little bit cool. of fun. That announcement just came out today. Congratulations, yeah, just, moving up to the booth. Yeah, it's a, it's a bittersweet thing. Yeah, I you know, know. As I, I know, said, right. you know, it's my brother Chaluch, and uh, we're gonna be missing him something fierce, or at least you know. And uh, it's before I get into tears. Yeah, I get you know, it, we'll just leave it alone at that. I'm just like to listen to you though, and it, it's a great opportunity for you. I mean, punch aside, of course, and he did a tremendous job for so many years. So correct me if I'm wrong. It's going to be Billy doing what he's always done. Right. You're going to jump in Tunch's chair. Yes. Max Starks will jump in your chair. Yes. And does Missy do the same thing? She's going to be on the sidelines also, and they're going to. Um, create a uh, almost in stereo sideline effect. Okay. So this there you is go. good group. Is gonna, yes, this is going to be a- absolutely. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I am so thrilled that Max Starks is joining us. Um, he was just a a name out of left field. Yeah, didn't see that one coming. Gregarious great. guy, yeah, right, great right. guy. Does uh, wonderful work on uh, college football sidelines and everything. He has got that personality, and you know they had the good sense did uh, the iHeart people to go out and. Hire another offensive lineman. I was going to say, another <laughs> offensive lineman, you say, huh? Hmm. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> As Myron was yep. prone hmm. to say it back in the day. Now, getting back to before Mr. Well, we're going to talk to all three of those guys today? Yeah. we got oh, Mr. Okay. coming on at 10.20. we got Billy Hillgrove coming on at 10.40. And we have Max uh, coming on at the top of the hour at 11. Very cool. Yes. So you guys so are excited used to about communicating it. with each other, yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll get rolling with here. But, you know, as I told you, I, <laughs> it was funny because I, I, I was so proud of myself. I had this, I thought, a witty question to ask you. What are they going to do with what? And then I got the wrong what. <laughs> My wattage was off. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. It's well said. But, you know, I, I was thinking about and I Derek. said, which what? Which yeah. was hard to say, too. What did you? <laughs> what? Were, who's on second? <laughs> right. Okay. Here we go. What did you say? What did you say? Is, this is what you see when concussions are running rampant. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. So, Thinking about it, because, you know, yesterday, taking a look at Derek Watt, mm-hmm. uh, the, the thing is, is, you know, the Steelers have invested a good amount of bucks in him. You yeah, know? right, and right. Last right. year, he missed three games with hammies, and uh, he didn't touch the ball at all and mm-hmm. uh, was very limited in his ability to be part of the offense. But Matt Cannon is known for having fullback participation. He's a fullback guy. He is, he you is. You know, it's not like Bruce Arians who says, I'll never have a fullback. Um, he would take an H-back, he'd take a tight end, whatever. But a fullback, I think, is is part and parcel of what you need for a good running game. I'm a big fullback believer. Part, that doesn't surprise me. Part because of my brother Ronnie was a fullback, ah, too, though. You know, 10 years in the NFL. Another hammerhead is always welcome exactly. to the, the offense, right. <laughs> well, I can go on a little spiel here, because when they signed Watt, frankly, of course, his last name jumps out at you. You know, right. we know that connection. But he wasn't signed because he's TJ's brother, and all of a sudden TJ's going to sign a cheaper deal just to be with his brother. I mean, that's, that's not how business works, or JJ would be here right. playing for nothing. You know what I mean? So I think they made a concerted effort to – I think Rosie Nix and Watt are very different fullbacks. You know, Rosie Nix is bigger, stronger, thicker, downhill, crider, traditional stealer, lead the way for Bettis, Lester-type fullback. Right. And I think they want more versatility from that position. Uh, we're seeing it in practice. You know, he'll line up on the wing. Uh, he runs a pretty extensive fullback route tree. You know, you at least have How to honor it. How about the wheel it. route yesterday? Yeah, right. 30 right, yards right. downfield, he catches I mean, Rosie one. Nix isn't doing that. Rosie <laughs> had trouble with the three-yard <laughs> right, wheel route. Right. Okay. The thing, let me just say this about Rosie. Um, he was like a guy's movie night out, you know. it's it's You know the guy's movie? It's always got explosives. It's got a little blue sure, language. Right, right, it's right. got uh, guys fighting all the time. Right, yeah. yeah. That's that's what Rosie was. He was a bang, <laughs> yes. sis, boom, bah type of thing. Without question. Derek and is did a it really more, well. He's, yes, he's a little bit more of a, a, a cultured fullback, shall we say. Finesse is the wrong word, but yes, skilled. Yes. I mean, a wide variety of skills. And... I was actually comparing him a little bit to Kyle Juszczyk the other day because they ask him to do a lot of things. I mean, he's going to pass protect. He's going to be the lead blocker, probably not in as, in as physical a manner as Knicks. Uh, the passing game contributions are big because 
frankly, I'm not sure the defense honored Nix very much when he was on the field as a route runner at all. If you're going to dump it to him, great. Right. Maybe he won't even catch it. Right. Watt at least is going to do that. And if they don't cover him, and you mentioned it yesterday, he's going to do something with the ball in his hands. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I think about is, uh, you know, I, I like Derek, too, because he's also a member of that fraternal fraternal order of flat-nosers. Mm -hmm. You know, the guys that lead with the face. Yeah, you know, right, They come right, in right. there, they don't squat in the hole, they don't clog up things. You know, mm -hmm. he's going to come along, he's going to take a shot at you. You know, Rosie Nix, the one thing I always – if you want to see a fullback duel, Vontez Perfect and Rosie Nix. Yeah, wow. Circa Heinz Field a couple of years ago. That's all When Vontez Frazier, yeah. was looking for Rosie at the end of the game to say, uh, good job. Yeah. I mean, and that doesn't come easily from a guy like Perfect, right? Well but said. Rosie Nix really went after him and was tearing it up. Yeah, and that's what you, in my mind, that's what an offense, a fullback, is all about. But you got the same thing happening. It's like uh, with Derek; he's still capable of blowing up people, a la Rosie. But like you said, he can catch the thirty-yard wheel route. Right. You know, it's Absolutely. not the three-yarder that Rosie would bobble for three, four, five yards before he either caught it or dropped it. Mm -hmm. And I hate to, you know, I don't want to denigrate him because he's one of my favorite lineman. guys. Right, yeah, right. he was a he was a nose, nose tackle. Right. Right. I mean, how many nose tackles you see running an in route? Exactly. You know, I mean, it doesn't happen. Yeah, and Rosie would probably be really low on my list of guys to meet in a dark alley <laughs> and you know, with bad intentions of, of that. Or of that walk squad. in with right, right. And finesse was the wrong word for Watt because he will stick his face in there and lead with his, his face, as you mentioned. So by no means is he passive or anything like that. He just doesn't have the same thickness, strength, power to you know to uproot the perfects of the world. To the next degree. Right. You know. But well, he's still going to be able to put a slapper on it. I mean, yeah. you watched him yesterday. Uh, he's still capable of del delivering a nice 235-pound uh, ballistic enema. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you don't get out of his way. You know, I mean, uh, the thing about it is he will keep his head up more and, and find the second-level guys many, many times because of the fact um, he's going to be. He's he's got more of a running back mind. Yeah. You right, know what right. I mean? Full uh, vision thing, of the field. Yes, and exactly. Right, right. Rosie was about, look. Get out of my way. I'm coming downhill. Yeah, follow me in ISO. It's the right. full bang coming yep. on. Um, but I, I hope, because here's the thing about it. You got lead ISOs. You got whammers. You know, you wham. He's one of those whammers that whams. Mm -hmm. uh, you also got the ability to be the end of the line guy where you, you come on the uh, what they call a split zone where, you know, you come across the back, get the end man on the line. Yep, in yep, case yep. You, so the thing about it is. Um, Derek, kind of a trapping effect. Yes, yeah. in, in, in essence, yes. Yeah, as a, as a wing or whatever, yes. right. And then you've got some uh, some of the route tree that he can run. Absolutely. And we haven't mentioned to me what is his most valuable contribution is he might be their best special teams player. Absolutely. I mean, when the second they signed him, it was when Matty Kavis signed with Buffalo. Hayward Bay was on his way and retiring. They were losing. LJ Ford, I think, was leaving. They were losing core special teamers. And that's why he's making the money he is, because he's one of the best special teams players in the league. Exactly and you, so. And you mentioned it when we started the, the preface to show, or the, the beginning of the segment. He had a tough acclimation process here because of injuries. He was new. No preseason. No OTAs. And Dale and I mentioned this a couple hours ago, that he's now very familiar with the tight end coach, the running back coach, all the coaches that were here yesterday. So he has a history with this coaching staff before he ever came to Pittsburgh, and I think there's a better understanding of what he's capable of. No question about it. Look, he had no touches last year. Yeah, right. Um, you know, you'd like to see him be able to get some touches and see how that manifests itself. I, I really think that once you start to expand upon his offensive capabilities, not not in any you know huge way. It's not like he's, well, he's going to catch 50 balls. Right? Yeah, I mean, right, exactly. Right, right, right. It's not going to be anything like that. But certainly, you know, when he comes out on the field and you're you're like, okay, he's got no touches. He ain't touching the ball. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's just not that big a deal. But when you get him the ball a few times and he's capable of a 30-yard wheel route, yeah, all of a sudden honor now yeah. you've got to honor that as a uh, defensive coordinator and anybody that would be – Covering that specific zone in the area. Yeah. I mean, sort of the matchup. I mean, if he's on the field, that means Juju or Fryermuth or somebody with more skill and talent isn't, of course. You can only put 11 out there. But it gives you another personnel package, another whole wing of responsibilities, not in the playbook, but in personnel groupings, you know, week to week. And an example I brought up earlier week one, they go to Buffalo. 
and the Bills were the heaviest nickel team defense team in the league. I mean, they don't want to go to dime. They don't want to go to uh, to base. They, they trust their linebackers. They want to keep two on the field all the time, and they're right. going to live in nickel. Well, I bet Watt plays a lot because just because he goes trotting out there doesn't mean they're going to get heavy all of a sudden. They're going to stay in nickel. So Watt's going to be a factor to me in a physical manner against a lighter defense. It's going to be interesting to me as we proceed through the, the preseason because I think, you know, one of the references that Mike Tomlin made was, you know, Derek is going to kind of – basically what we were saying, earn those reps, those touches, mm-hmm. by how he performs throughout the preseason. Yeah, right. You know, and right. If, if that in, in yesterday's past he still has stuff to prove. Yeah, yeah, he's got something to prove. It's it's not to do with special teams, but the amount of offensive capabilities that he's going to bring. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I've just always loved the fullback because it's been a third guard. It's, you know, if mm-hmm. you have a good fullback who brings a sis boom bah, you know, the bang, yeah. and not so much worried about his offensive capabilities, but still has offensive capabilities, you, you can't hope for any better. I mean, right. the use jack, like you talk about, is a guy that is a perfect All example. Of right, right. You and, know? and a key with a guy like Juszczyk, who's even more finesse than Watt to me, is the angles you create. So, it, you know, it's better than I do. I mean, you, you create with this motion, this linebacker takes two steps to account for it, and then all of a sudden Watt's, Watt's angle on the, the designed run is much better. You know, the Ravens are masters of that, you know, moving Absolutely. you around a little bit. And, you know, Mark Andrews isn't a great blocker. He's a receiving tight end, but they put him in position through movement and pre-snap things and looks and personnel groupings where they don't ask him to blow somebody up. Get him on a good angle and, you know, Dobbins runs behind him. That's the whole thing. I mean, you take a look at all the motion. A lot of people are, you know, okay, pre-snap motion. Well, pre-snap motion, you you got it out there because there's a number of things, you know. And and number one, you want you want the defense to tip their hand. What are they thinking? Right. You right, know, right, you go right. in motion, you see what they're they're thinking. Whether it's man, zone, all sorts right. of stuff. A lot of indicators. Just indicators with that. Right, right. just for that for the quarterback. The other thing is that you're trying to create a leverage or, or strength in your formation mm-hmm. uh, to out leverage whatever you know, the defense is presenting to you on a running play. Absolutely. You know, and sometimes that might consist of the jumbo formations where, you know, last year or the, they brought in – or two years ago they brought in Zach Banner all the time, you mm-hmm. know, just coming in because you want to outmuscle those guys Absolutely. with the leverage corner. Um, you know, so and, – and the other thing you're going to do too is create the matchups, the mismatches for a passing game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean – Tons. All you can think about is, is – was it Tennessee? Put that I defense- think was – that uh, Ben got, or was it Philadelphia? Philadelphia, he gets a what is it? Wide receiver Claypool on yeah. a linebacker. Right. I right. mean, that's that's what you do it for. <laughs> I mean, everyone remembers the other side. Why is John Bostic guarding Keenan Allen? Right. Because defenses have rules, and if you can manipulate these things, every that's offense does point. it. Right. It's not because Steelers don't know what they're doing, or they broke the huddle saying, "Hey, John, you got Keenan." <laughs> you know that nobody decides it that way. You know, like. You don't put a point guard on Shaq, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, so. But there are times when the pick and roll and Shaq is on a five foot eight. Guy, I still got to guard him. I mean, yeah, there's defensive rules, and you learn it that way. Uh, I know we don't have a lot of time, but an example I use a lot is let's say you're playing against Tyreek Hill and you're TJ Watt or Highsmith or an edge player, and he's running a 4 2 parallel to the line of scrimmage before the ball's even snapped. Oh, you're kidding me, yeah. Right at me. You know, I'm an edge guy, and I can't let him get outside me. What if Mahomes hands him the football? I'm scared to death, you know. So immediately, even if Tyreek doesn't get the ball, I'm not rushing upfield with the same vigor. I'm not crashing on the the run play the same way because I'm afraid. Exactly. So what's it do when you see the the motion coming? Right. You start loosening up. You get ready to jet upfield. Right. What happens if you don't? Uh, if if you don't see the handoff and you think, right. you know, you're out of you're position. the contained player and you got to keep Tyreek. To the, uh, you know, don't let him get to the sidelines. Do you ever see any of the highlights of him running against uh, some of his uh, teammates in practice? They posted on the. the he was. I, I mean, don't know if I've ever ridiculous. seen a faster player on the field. It was unbelievable. With snap, with Just watching on. him, he's like he's like. I I mean I I don't even know what it's like. Even a car that might not be that fast. <laughs> Right. I don't know He's if always I was in that control. And oh, it's unbelievable. Just amazing. All right. Yep. We got to go to break. Lots when we come back, right? it's the fr- yes, we have the first of uh, the new broadcasting be- coming together here in the locker room. That would be the lovely Missy Matthews. We'll be with us next. Right back after this. Welcome back, SNR. 
Tunch and Wolf in the locker room with Matt Williamson sitting in. We are now joined by the lo- loquacious and lovely Missy Matthews, <laughs> one of the new broadcast team members on the sidelines, because she's going to be down there amongst all the blood, snot, and testosterone. <laughs> Missy, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Absolutely. You too. Good morning to you, Missy. Of course, you know... What are you thinking when you're down there amongst all the behemoths? And you've been around football for quite some time now. That's part and parcel of what you've done. But you're going to be down there amongst all the heavy hoofers, and that's got to be quite a different view for you at this time, huh? Yeah, I'm super excited to get back down on the sidelines. The operational zone last year was um, it, it was nice. I was happy to be in the stadium, as I think anybody um, who was allowed to go in thought but there's just something about being down there and being able to maybe follow a guy try to listen in on things um maybe getting run over a time or two (laughs) and just being in the action you know um i don't i don't know i just i love being as close as possible i I even just missing being able to walk the practice fields is something that i have missed in the 2020 season um so yeah i i'm pumped Missy, you talked about it because I've seen Doc Bradley and some of the other guys get wiped out on the sidelines. Now, I got to tell you, because only because I'm moving up to the safety and sanctity of the booth, (laughs) but in 20 years on the sidelines, I didn't get nailed once. I mean, it was unbelievable. Cat-like stealth and quickness. Can you keep the record up? (laughs) I mean, I hope so. Max is really big, so if I stay, you know, near him, he can always block for me. So uh, he, he's got the height for sure. Well, what Missy's referring to, of course, is the the gigantuan six foot eight Max Starks will be joining us on the sidelines, also as part of the broadcast team. He's for, enjoying the radio show today. Too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We got him coming up at eleven o'clock. Good point, Matt. Now, Missy, what are you primarily going to be following come Thursday night when, of course, the Steelers are in Canton for the Hall of Fame game? Um, I, I'm really curious, you know, Coach Tomlin has his press conference today at noon to kind of see his plan in terms of divvying up reps for the quarterbacks. Um, and then all the young guys that we think we know about that we don't know about yet. Of course, I think everybody wants to see what Najee Harris can do in some game action. Um, a lot of those rookies. Um, so obviously we know, I, I, I think it's probably safe to say we're not going to see Ben Roethlisberger throwing a football <laughs> in game action on Thursday, uh, the guys that you already know about, but really this is a young team when you think about it. Um, even just the year two guys, Alex Highsmith, Chase Claypool. Um, I, I don't know. I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I am pumped for some preseason football and just to get a chance to see them going against another team, which I think it just gets so monotonous in training camp and because they had a report early. You know, it feels like they were at the south side like a month ago, even though that's really not the case. This is just kind of the start of week two at Heinz Field. But just to see them going against other competition other than themselves. No, without question. And, and Missy, we mentioned Max Starks. He's going to be on the sidelines doing his wolf impersonation. Um, yeah. yeah. So how are your job and Max's job going to differ on game day? Well, I, I think Wolf will, or I, I think Max will be very Wolf-like, you know, watching the line of scrimmage, yeah, yeah. watching what the big guys are doing, and that is literally in his wheelhouse as well. Um, and, I, you know, I have learned so much from Tunch and Wolf over the years, just getting a chance to pick their brains, hear them talk. Um, and Wolf was always great about, you know, if I have a question on the sideline, like, hey, Wolf, just, you know, what happened there? Who, who messed up or who got that right? And I just think that's so useful. Um, I usually pay attention closely and hopefully knock on wood, there aren't any, but, you know, injuries, that's things thinking, like yeah. that. Um, maybe if I notice a coach talking to a player and trying to figure out, you know, if it was something they messed up or something they did good, those different types of things. So, um, you know, not necessarily what Max will be focusing on will be what I focus on, but I I think that's what kind of makes it unique and is a chance to, um, you know, differ up the broadcast and also bring different perspectives. You should, you two should complement each other very, very well in that regard. Yeah, no doubt. I am. I told you know. I already uh, Wolf told Max. I'm kind of like the mom of the broadcast team. I was like, <laughs> you need a depth chart. You need. What do you need? Let me know. You know, I can, I get that. I bring snacks. Like, yeah, you bring snacks. snacks. Orange, uh, oranges snacks. or what? <laughs> oh no, no. I no. We don't do fruit on the sideline. You know, you always have to have like a really good bar of some type that has a little bit of protein, a little bit of energy, a little bit of chocolate. You know, something like that. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I'm known to keep snacks, snacks handy, so you don't want to go hungry. Absolutely, and that's one of the most Max valuable tricks. Oh, Max. <laughs> Max and snacks. He yeah. might leave a crumb trail wherever he's been. But certainly one of the things, Missy, that you excel in is that you, you have, a besides the fact that you lead with stories and things that you pick up along the sidelines, and, and you've shown over the years a great growth and knowledge over the game and everything, but the fact is you can dot the I's and cross the T's for guys that, let's face it, Max and I, we're a few thousand headbutts into life, you know, so <laughs> it never hurts to have somebody who can put things together in a unique way that kind of, uh, I don't know, it just kind of blends everything. Yeah, and I like also, you know, the prep work that goes into it. It kind of goes hand-in-hand with the job, you know, my actual full-time job with the Steelers in terms of the live shows and whatnot. But, you know, just the little stories. Jerry O spoke last week and, you know, talked about growing up in Youngstown and going to Canton on a field trip to see the Hall of Fame. Just different things like that I like to kind of jot down and keep in the back of my head because there are some times, uh, especially during the preseason, if it's not necessarily what we're seeing in terms of game action, being able to maybe tell a story that somebody doesn't know about somebody um, necessarily on the field, but more so off the field. So I like to know, you know, some fun facts about the guys as well and try to keep track of things like stack records. Um, which, you know, <laughs> luckily we get to do that often. Misty, one of the things that's coming up is a big Hall of Fame weekend for the Steelers. Do you have any anecdotes, personal stories, thoughts about any of the Hall of Famers going in for the Steelers? Oh, man, I got a good Troy one for you. Um, (laughs) So I obviously worked for the Steelers and got to cover the end of Troy's career um, with the team. And his last season, which obviously we did not know at the time, I was pregnant with my first son. And I will never forget, he was an off-season baby. So he was supposed to be born, I think, on April 6th. We get to April 6th. The doctor's like, no, sorry, you're just going to have to wait another week. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, just get this baby out, right? So they're like, nope, sorry. So they scheduled it and me to be induced on a Sunday. And I will never forget, I was miserable that entire week leading up to it. And I wake up Friday morning after probably the best night of sleep of my life during this pregnancy. And I look at my phone. It's about 7.15, 7.30, which is obviously kind of late when you're supposed to be at work. And I have like 500 text messages, emails, and phone calls. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? You know, you're like, what's happening? <laughs> Troy Palomalu retired. And the first email was live show with Bob Labriola and, you know, Mr. Rooney at 9 o'clock. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I'm like in a panic. I'm running around the house. I'm trying to get ready. I go in. We do the show. And they're like, okay, I have lunch with everybody. I start driving home and I called my mom because that was my last day of work. I knew I was going to have this baby, you know, it's God willing wow. by Sunday at the, at the latest. And she's like, are you in labor? Like, what are you talking about? She's like, I think you're in labor. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just driving home from work. What do you know? I pull into my house and I couldn't get out of the car. You're I kidding me. I'm very much so in labor. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, luckily, my husband was uh, getting his MBA at the time. And he was taking a nap after a final at the house. <laughs> so, I get him. And I'm like, oh, I think we're supposed to go to the hospital now. So, <laughs> we get in the car. Thank God um, we didn't hit too much traffic. I just barely got the epidural. And I... I had my first son very quickly, and I always say that I will thank Troy Palomalu for putting me into a tiz, creating some uh, adversity that day of the panic of knowing that I was going to cover a huge story and I was running late for it, and luckily, the baby came natural. I had a great delivery, and I thank Troy for not making me wait till Sunday. (laughs) Did you name him Troy? (laughs) Perfect opportunity. I know, right? That would have been so Yinzer, though. Oh, no, yeah. he, Matthews is my maiden name, so his first name is Matthew after that. So. <laughs> Very yeah, good. That's, uh, Can't go that's wrong with Matthew. Everybody, yeah, everybody knew. Well, yeah, Matt, you like that name. <laughs> everybody knew uh, the day Troy retired because obviously it was my son's birthday, and then we all knew exactly. It was like, well, when Matthew turns five, you know, Troy's eligible for the Hall of Fame. So that was kind of the joke in the office that <laughs> – we didn't have to think too hard about that. So, and then it was awesome because then you know when Troy got the knock, we were down there in Miami, 
so it was kind of this full circle, like you caused me to go into labor, and then I got to kind of be there for one of the biggest moments of your life. That's outstanding. So when you see Troy, what are you going to say? You're going to say, hey, you know, you caused me thank to go into labor. Thank you. I'm going to say thank you. I'm sure I'm going to say Guys, I needed, I was so over being pregnant, and, you know, the rush of that morning of being late and being, like, literally sleeping through one of the biggest announcements. Like, everybody knew before I woke up, you know, and then it's like, crap, I'm doing something with Mr. Rudy, I gotta get to work. Oh, my goodness. You know what, Missy, that's why you're on the sidelines. You can cowboy up after doing a Mr. Rooney interview and everything else, and Troy, and, my, and you got Troy and everything else, and you're going, and you cowboy up, get it done. Way to go, Missy yeah. Matthews. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, guys. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today, Missy. Appreciate it so much. Looking forward to working with you Thursday night when the Steelers play the Cowboys in Canton. Let's go. I'm excited. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much, Missy. And, of course, that is the great. That was great. And loquacious and lovely. <laughs> Missy Matthews, join us. How about that? Can you How imagine, like. I didn't expect that story. I, I did not. That's like, a right. tremendous story. That's insight. And that's cowboying up. I yeah. Mean, right. I, I tell you Game something. Day. If, you know, if guys, if guys were left with the duty of bearing children, the world would have ended centuries ago. Oh, I don't think we'd have a population no. problem no, whatsoever. No, never. Right. No, I could never do that. <laughs> could never do that. Oh, my goodness. All right, so looking forward to Thursday night. One of the things that uh, I always find fascinating is the reaction of the young people when they first get in their first game. You oh, know yeah. What I mean, I mean, uh, you look at these guys and, uh, you, you know, their first NFL action, and this is all eyes on the, on the Canton game because of the fact that it's the, it's the only, only show game, in town. It's number right? one, first only, one, right. And it's also, there's, I don't know, there's something special about Canton. Oh yeah, you know when you say certainly hallowed Canton, ground. Yeah, you know when you talk about gold jacketed dudes, when you talk about the memories that these guys have, and I I've go been back there many to, times, and yeah. it always tugs on the heartstrings. It and does respect and wow, this is you really go something. through there and you see, you know, the, the mm-hmm. men that have built this game, and I love the fact that the NFL at one time uh, was taking the rookies, they're making it mandatory that they go and look at, you know what, so that they could see the game that was built upon men who had very little. And then gradually, you know, successively, the game was built upon the shoulders of, of all these great men who stood on the shoulders of other men and so forth until now you have this great game that's available today in, in America. It's an awesome place, and I really was fortunate because when I was a director of football ops at Akron, once a year you can host, you know, recruits and pay for them, you know, their official right. visit. And the rules were you can go anywhere X amount of miles from campus. Well, the Hall of Fame was within that circle. So I set up a dinner on the weekends where we were the only people in the whole building. It was like the ghosts of Hallis and Noel yes. and all these great people. And we would have all these families with their sons who we were recruiting and eat pork and burgers and stuff and then just kind of walk around the Hall of Fame to all to ourselves. It was Yeah, because it's, it's shut down from right. the public. I did actually an event there, such as what you're talking about, yeah. and I went there as a speaker, a guest speaker. So I did my spiel, but then we got to walk around, and I went in the hall of bus all by myself. Yeah, yeah John Madden's right. They speak to each other. <laughs> right. They do. I'm telling you. Yep. It's they kinda, speak to each other. What's the Robin Williams movie, Kellen? You probably remember the the museum. Oh, where they all the museum. Yeah, it felt like that because there's hardly anyone there, but it's like they're all there. Oh yes. Yeah. I mean, and and. The terrific uh, displays that are available. You know, I I saw this one. The first uh, face guard actually was like a combination ma- uh, mouth guard, um, face guard protector, hmm. and it was like a door knocker. And it, it attached to the leather helmet. Oh, now I and know it came down about, right? and it covered <laughs> the nose, and it looked like a metal door knocker. And the part that would knock the door, they held in their teeth. I'm like going. You kidding me? You're like setting up for like you're trying to break your nose, chi- right? Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> gonna spit chicklets out your pie hole. Uh, right. Your soup cooler is gonna just be overwhelmed with a whole lot of snogulous uh, blood and everything. Do you take one in the choppers like that? Some football player from way back when put that on for the first time, thinking I'm invincible. I'm gonna be pr- perfectly protected. You know, like. <laughs> that ain't helping you at all. You know, I just realized I got the headphones on when nobody else has got the headphones on, <laughs> and I'm going around, and all of a sudden I'm realizing, going. 
I don't need these headphones now. I take them off as soon as I can, yeah. <laughs> but, Screws you me know, up. just finishing up with the, the Hall of Fame game, you know, when I was there in 83, we played the New Orleans Saints. It was so funny because that Fawcett Stadium was just had a snow fence around it. Mm. At halftime, now we, tra- we, we changed in the gym. There's a gym there. Oh, really? And they hung a drape, a big, like, drape to divide the gym into two. And the Saints, Saints on were on one side, one side right. we're on the other. Wow. And at halftime, we crowded into a high school locker room. We were crammed in there. There was, I don't know how we could breathe. We were like sardines. Yeah, right. You know, in a place. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, it was just unbelievable. So they've, they've increased the, I mean, the stadium is just, it's very nice now. Yeah. They've I, done a great job. From what job I understand, the, the Saints owner is the one that put all the yes. money into it, right? Yeah. The Benson family. Exactly. Yeah. So, the, yeah, Tom, I think it's called the. Tom I think Benson so, too. Stadium. I want yeah. to double check that when I was there. Absolutely. Okay, we got to wind up this segment right here. We'll be back again. The broadcast team is out, and they're coming large and hard right in the locker room. Next up is Billy Hillgrove. Back after this. Welcome back, everybody. It's Tunch and Wolf in the locker room with Matt Williamson. And uh, we came out and uh, had last segment, we had Missy Matthews joining us. And now, of course, we have the longtime voice of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's welcome in Bill Hillgrove. Bill, how you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm great. How are you, Wolfman? <laughs> I'm doing just fabulous. It's good to hear your voice, the dulcet tones of the great Billy Hillgrove. Good to hear you. Time to go back to work for all of us. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? You know, last year you think about the whole situation with the COVID and the the empty stadiums, and now Gadzooks, we're going to have, I I would expect, just a a stadium full of people come uh, Thursday night. Would you not say so? You mean cutouts that move? <laughs> That's okay. That that could be. You know, there was a couple games last year. You know, they they said that the the games were so bad in a couple of places the cutouts left early. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them had bags over their heads. There you go, Billy. We go to Canton. It's um, it is such a big place. It is such a hallowed place for the football fan. What are you expecting to see when we arrive there and you you know, you, you get a gander at all the newbies checking out their first NFL action? You know, I I just expect uh, to see a lot of black and gold, uh, and rightfully so. Uh, you know, five of the enshrinees are Steeler figures, and what's that make total now, 26? 26, and, yes. Staggering yeah, and more numbers. to follow. And more to come, uh, and we—I kind of figure we know who they are. But you know something? Somebody—and this is I, this is just out of the blue now. Somebody said to me, in a real, dev, you know, devoted Steelers fan, "Who's the next Steelers figure to go in outside of Ben and maybe Heinz Ward?" And I said, "I have to think about that." He said, "I don't." He said, "Kevin Colbert." Yep. He said, "Look, look at his record." Oh yeah. And it, you know, made me reflect. And I just thought that was an interesting observation by somebody who knows what they're talking about. Billy, that's a great one. We, we've had Brandon Hunt on our show a couple times with Dale and I. And every time I've brought up Kevin Colbert to Brandon, he immediately says, well, that's a future Hall of Famer. And the second he did, I'm like, yes, he is. I never thought of it in that light until that minute. I mean, every year he picks like, 25th in the draft, if not later. I mean, they don't have the same resources as a lot of these teams like Jacksonville and the Jets to just draft their new quarterback. And, you know, consistent greatness is really epitomizes Kevin Colbert. No question. And uh, especially, you know, look at his second day and now third day drafts. Yeah. You know, that back end has always been solid. And so, you know, as long as you have that, uh, you know, I think you're going to be consistently a winner, and we're spoiled. Let's face it. You know, four and twelve is unthinkable, 
And and I notice even you know when I talk to fans now, in some of the social gatherings that uh, I have been known to uh, wander into, <laughs> including taverns and clubs. Now, anyhow, yes, uh, there's there's some negativity now. Oh, the Browns, they're you know they're coming on, and look at Baltimore, still Baltimore, and Cincinnati's getting better. And I said, well, yeah, this is a very strong division. But don't make the mistake of counting the Steelers out. You know, you think about it, Mike Tomlin's years, not one losing season. And I wonder, I just wonder if in the deepest recesses of Mike, and he'll, he would never admit it, but let's face it, Mike's going to wear a gold jacket someday. Yeah. He is going to be one of those guys that stands up there, wears a gold jacket alongside, of course, the great Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower getting his jacket this year. How can you imagine, Bill, can you even imagine and conceive that when they signed Chuck Knoll in 1969, it would produce a legacy that's going to consist of at least three in a row Hall of Fame head coaches. It's um, it, it boggles the mind. It really does. And you know, let, let's go back to when you know the Steelers hired Knoll, Cower, Tomlin. Uh, Dan Rooney had a philosophy. Uh, he didn't want to hire somebody with previous coach head coaching experience. He wanted to hire a really solid football coach and give him time to learn how to be a head coach. And boy, that philosophy has worked magic because you're probably going to see a third Hall of Famer in that lineage of the three coaches uh, that uh, Dan Rooney and his family have hired in the last how many years? Uh, it's it's incredible, and, and, and just the consistency of it is incredible. And you know... Uh, we, we are around Tomlin, and, you know, one of the things that endears him to me is, is the fact that he can go off the record, and uh, he'll share with you his philosophies. And I remember him saying, hey, Billy, he says, do you think it's within human nature to want to run full speed into another human being? <laughs> he said, you know, it takes a very special breed of athlete and person to want to play and enjoy the game of football. And he's absolutely right. You know, people say to me, uh, were you a good football player? I said, I had back trouble. I had a yellow streak going right up the middle. About <laughs> That's <football>. tremendous. <laughs> you know, Billy, it's funny because you've, of course, been with the Steelers for so very long, and the association has just been a beautiful time. And now coming out, uh, we've had to, unfortunately, acknowledge the fact that our brother Tunch Ilkin is, is stepping down and uh, we've got uh, a new formulation uh, uh, going on forward with the uh, Max Starks and Missy Matthews, and so it's going to be a little bit different. But man, I am going to miss Chaluch. No question. Uh, his insight, uh, his humanity, uh, his grace—you uh, know—he's compassionate uh, and very, very, very fair. And uh, you know, yes, we're going to miss that. But wasn't it great? to have him included in the uh, Hall of Honor. I mean, that was just perfect. absolutely perfect. And uh, Saturday was a big day. And Well, if you remember, I got a previous inkling that this was going to happen almost by accident. Hmm. And when I said to you, I think Dunch is part of this class, uh, you did everything but a cartwheel. I think he even did that. <laughs> well, we felt the stud around western Pennsylvania, anyhow. Well, I can only tell you that on that cartwheel, I pulled a hammy. So, you know, <laughs> you have these issues. But, you know, that's hey, the thing. We'll you, Go ahead. We'll get you recognified. Don't worry. <laughs> recognified. I see that you've been studying some of my linguistic capabilities from last year. Uh-huh. No, Publish that book. Go ahead, buddy. Wolfisms. Ah, yes. Wolfisms. Exactly. So, <laughs> Billy, as we, we take a look at um, and, and just winding up, you know, nobody can ever replace Tunch. Uh, nobody ever will. Um, and uh, when I talk about missing him, it's just we used to have a cigar together on the road the night before games and everything, and it was it was just part of our duty because, you know, having that cigar was part of the part of the winning formula for the Steelers. You know, we had to <laughs> paid do. off. Yes, exactly. But, uh, you know, certainly moving forward, talking about Canton Thursday, um, what are you looking forward to amongst some of the players? Do you get anybody in particular you're going to watch? I think James Pierre has warranted uh, a special mm. observation. 
And, and I think the big question with him is uh, who's going who's he going to beat out? You know, because he can he can do uh, he can do a few things at that defensive back position, and so that's going to be an interesting thing to follow. Uh, also, you know, the reversal of roles for Alex Highsmith, uh, he was kind of pushing uh, uh, Bud Dupree last year, and now Melvin Ingram the third is going to be pushing him, and I think that's going to be an interesting uh, situation. Uh, I like Pat Fryermuth at tight end. Uh, we saw yesterday Wolf where he got beat the first couple of times and then learned from it, mm-hmm. and then the next couple of times he wasn't beaten. And I think, you know, that quick learning is going to help him play a lot of snaps right away and uh what else uh, did, i think haskins showed me something yesterday when he uh you know had that little keeper on the seven for seven uh, for a touchdown and right uh, he exactly wanted to cut it up in there and i think uh, to watch him and see uh, how he progresses is, is certainly uh, uh important and and I, it's been fun watching the running backs uh this uh, kalen balage has kind of opened a few eyes and I think he will push for uh, a position on the roster. So uh, I think Canton, you know, we're going to look for uh, those second and third and fourth teamers to, uh, to get a lot of snaps and see what they can do. Billy, I'm just curious. Last year was so unique with no fans in the stadium. What kind of challenge was that for you and, and Tunch really as broadcasters? You know, we noticed early on when there were no fans how dead it was uh, during the timeouts. <laughs> Yeah, right. And you could even see the players kind of walking around down there, you know, looking up, and, and there's no scoreboard to look at, really, no pictures, no no animation, no energy. And then when they finally started to let some family and friends in, at least the scoreboard gave them some energy. So, I, you know, that, that was tough for broadcasters, too. We were kind of flat. I bet. Uh, it, it's, uh, and thank goodness it's in the rearview mirror, and let's hope we never have to go back to that again. Can you imagine this? And I and I told Tunch this last year. I go, you know, with Tunch, of course, was just a high intensity player. And I said, can you imagine nobody in the stands when you'd be all of a sudden you'd scream out, "I'm going to kill you to that guy!" Just right somebody, you're, you know, you got angst over one of those things. I go, they'd have heard you all over the stadium. <laughs> Because you know? yeah. normally yeah. you got the crowd noise and everything. And and you know, he was he was. Uh, he was vulnerable to now and then expressing his antagonism towards an <laughs> opponent uh, in a very vociferous way, shall we Always say. Always a good communicator, huh? Yes. Yeah. Well, one of the favorite stories he told was the time that he got a hold of Lawrence Taylor and <laughs> picked him up and threw him down. Yeah. And the official standing right there and reached in his pocket and pulled the flag out, threw it on the ground, and said, Ilkin, you're good, but you ain't that good. <laughs> You nobody throws LT down that way. You had to have been holding him. I remember that because I was in the huddle. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was funny, Billy. I want to thank you for joining us. Looking forward to working with you Thursday night. Appreciate you checking in, my friend. A pure pleasure. We'll have a lot of fun this year. I have no doubt. Thank you again. That of course is the great Bill Hillgrove, and he just joined us here. You know, Matt. Uh, one of the things I'm really really looking forward to and uh because the thing about offensive line play it's about continuity chemistry and the rules of the road yeah and by that i mean getting a group of guys and being able to stick together create that chemistry that usually comes out of the blood sweat and tears of games won games lost and knowing the rules of the road the rules of the road are all your blocking assignments and you have to know them Everybody's got to know everybody's assignments. It, it's not enough to know just your own. Mm-hmm. You've got to understand the whole thing. But the problem is, you know, when you haven't even had your starting projected starting tackles as of yet participate in a uh, fully in a practice. And so that leaves me with the thought, I, I'm excited to see Kendrick Green, like obviously everybody is, um, but I've seen enough of them to say, this guy's got some substance. I want to see where he grows. I definitely want to talk about that, and Green's one of my favorite guys on this line to talk about and maybe the most pivotal player in the whole starting lineup. But I'm sitting here thinking the Hillgrove-Wolf chemistry is getting created on Thursday night. They had no practices yet, I guess, because this is the first uh, dry run for fly. you guys. Let well, it fly. A little, little concern, new responsibilities, Wolf. Yeah, I know. Now I, gotta, you know, I, I just can't arbitrarily be stuffing my pie hole with food. <laughs> 
<laughs> Missy's snacks from before. I'm well, sure you guys Missy, cleaned her yeah, out. Yeah, that's the whole thing about it. She's she's got that mom thing down where she's got <laughs> the snackerations going on and everything else. And of course, Max Starks, um, you know, he's not he's not a uh, he's not uh, avert to uh, like you know throwing a few uh, sandwiches down. I bet and, you know wherever he's at. I'm sure Tunch was a big eater in, in his day, and without question. But that not, press not like box, me. I just say, like the press me. box is a little small. Billy's going to have to make a little room for the plates you're going to gather, <laughs> the dogs at halftime, and, you know, it's you know, a little more crowded in there all of a sudden. The thing about Max Starks, and he's coming up at the top of the hour That's here. That's fun. Yeah. Max Starks had one of the greatest quotes ever, and that was after they wore the Bumblebee jerseys, which have horizontal stripes. <laughs> Very and flattering. He, exactly. And, he, and here he was at that time. He was 6'8", 375 pounds. And he and he said to me, you know, in the post game, uh, he said, you know what, no flat, no no self respecting fact, I should ever be made to have to wear horizontal stripes. <laughs> Nobody looked like Casey Hampton in those. Though. No, no, that's true. <laughs> Casey did at least stretch Max those. had some height to kind of stretch things yeah, out a yeah. little bit. Right? At least Max had the six eight. Yes, uh, Casey. He was a little bit shorter than that, so yeah, a little more compact. Not the wardrobe I would go with <laughs> once I left the I, field, right? Yeah, I, you know, but that's a guy we need to get on. I, I, you know what? That would be fun to check in with Casey if we could oh, man. Yeah. get him going because uh, he was just such a beloved member of that defense, you know. I mean, they say that his Friday chicken wing day, they had chicken wings down on the <laughs> south side, you know, they made yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. He just killed it. He, they say he was legendary. Wow, you know, and I, you know, I was, no, I was known to put down some wings myself. Wing sure, you know, back in the day, mm-hmm. I could put a bucket down easy, 50, 50 plus wings back in the day. Uh, maybe it's a nose tackle thing, but I've always heard Vince Wilfork eats the whole chicken. Oh, <laughs> but I mean, like, there's nothing left. Wow, that's now that <laughs> would be amazing. Wow, yeah, you know what I always used to say about Vince Wilfork. His name was appropriate. He will use the fork. <laughs> he will use the fork. Maybe he doesn't even use the fork. It's the whole <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe chicken. it's not. All right. All right. We'll be back with more right here. Max Starks coming up at the top of the hour. The biggest and baddest sideline analyst ever. Right here on <laughs> SNR. Back again, SNR Studios, Tunch and Wolf in the locker room with Matt Williamson, and we are about to join uh, with our fourth member of the broadcast team. He is the biggest, baddest sideline analyst ever. Weighing in on the sidelines big time, would you please welcome Max Starks. Hello, Max. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Wolf, and I'm excited. I'm excited to be Coming back to Pittsburgh to rejoin the Steelers broadcast, um, and, and I mean it's a, it's a pretty pretty awesome honor to be working alongside with you, Missy, and Bill. Oh man, it's it was so cool when I found out that you were coming aboard. I went, I was like, I was just like begoggled, man. I mean, it was just like stunned. It was a it was a shot from out of the blue because hadn't even thought that you would be, you know, participating in anything like this, and here you are, you're coming aboard. Not only do you sit in for my brother down there in Phoenix, but now you're working, <laughs> we're working side by side, Max. It's just tremendous. And you're so happy as another offensive lineman. <laughs> yes, Come on. let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm by Coastal with the Wolves. So, you know, I definitely can now go and Guinness World Record and say that I have worked with both Wolfleys on two different sides of the country. I mean, it, my life's complete. And we can study you years down the road to see what kind of effects it has on your your mind and body. Yeah. <laughs> or or how it ruined your career or something like that. In the loony bin in 20 years. Max, yeah. when, they, when they first approached you with the thought, the concept of uh, joining the broadcast team, what was your what were your thoughts? Well, you know, I, at first, I mean, I was just kind of, I was kind of in shock, right? Really, because for me, and I'm sure for a lot of people, like the concept of the radio broadcast is touch and wolf, right? And and then and then of course the voice, which is Bill, 
and Missy has come along the last couple of years. So, you know, for me, I was just like, how is this job available? You know what I'm saying? Like in my head. <laughs> and, you know, for for obviously hearing and, and prayers are definitely with Tunch. But it, it was one of those things where it was like, you know, could could you do this? I was like, well, I absolutely could do it, <laughs> you know, because I, I, I was so excited. I, I've been working towards something like this for a long time. And so the fact that they even called and asked if this was an option, you know, for me, for, for me to interview for, I was like, absolutely. I was like, whatever I have to do to, to make myself available, I'll make myself available. Um, Cause this is an opportunity that, you know, being on the sidelines, watching you Wolf work for all those years and then hearing you now living out in Arizona it, it's something that was that was that was awesome. I mean, it added that extra layer to a broadcast. So to know that I get to continue in those footsteps and help with one of the teams that, obviously, like you, is the most familiar team that that I know and that I continue to cheer for, I continue to root for, and I continue to study. Um, it was it was a it was a big honor. It was a big honor to be to be asked to do this. Max, you were part of the Super Bowl teams. What you what, what do you remember? Uh oh! You mean during the game, right? Or yeah. the season? Yeah, during the season. However, <laughs> during that I time period, about the after party. Well, we're not going to talk about that. No. Okay. Um, there you go. Yeah, we'll leave that alone. Yeah, we'll leave that alone. I'll leave that alone. But no, I mean, when I think about it, you know, one of the biggest things are it's just it's that camaraderie, it's it's that bond and the journey that you go on to really discover what type of team you are. I think that's that's the coolest thing because there's a lot of things when I look back on it, for especially from, from like the moment of this time of year, right, from training camp. Like there's something different about it. it it's, it's the way that guys are focused. It's the way that guys kind of go about their business during those Super Bowl runs. And I think that's something that's going to be interesting to watch, you know, for this Steelers team. You know, the person who knows it best is Ben, right, because he's the one that's seen it on this current team over, over different points in his career. And so, you know, for me, like, I was, I was doing a Cardinals training camp yesterday, and I was watching them, and I was like, ah, there's something a little bit different about that crew, right? And that's something that I recognize within the Steelers team. And I think that's what I'm going to be very interested to watch throughout this year, throughout the you know these preseason games, is to see where that spark is because it's just it just hits a little different. Like the offensive line, you know, we're a little bit closer, right? And we kind of have that underdog mentality. We, we're, we're, I mean, our offensive line for Super Bowl 43. Not much difference from the offensive line that's about to come out here this year. <laughs> when you think about it, you know, yes, we had Kendall Simmons and Marvell Smith, but those guys didn't finish the season. Those were the ones that were tried and true. I was on the bench that year. Mm-hmm. And I was playing left tackle when Marvell went down. Willie Colon was coming along as really his, you know, first true year starting. Darnell Stapleton subs in, right. a young guy at the right guard position for Kendall. And then Justin Hartwick was a guy we brought from Tennessee. And then you had Chris Kimoyatu, uh playing left finally, he, you know, he, when, when, uh, when, when Red left. And so Chris was like in his second year. So I mean, we had no experience together. And still, at the end of the day, we got the job done. And I think that's kind of what I'm looking forward to seeing with this Steelers offense. I'm it's been done before, so it's not like this is such a nuanced approach. Um, and I don't think it's as big a weakness as everybody's been making it. And Max, welcome aboard. Congratulations. I'm really excited to get to know you better. And, and you mentioned Ben. I can't help myself. I mean, how much has he changed as a person and player than when you met him and you know, a teammate of yours? Well, Ben and I were drafted together, and I yeah, still locked yeah. him next door. There's a lot of growth. That goes over the years. I mean, because we're young guys, right? I mean, we're we're coming into the league, you know, at 22 years old, and you know, all we've known is college, really, and then all of a sudden now you're in the professional ranks, right? 
you know, you go from watching Jerome Bettis and Hines to playing with Jerome Bettis and Hines. Right? It, it's it, it's one of those things where I think it was such a whirlwind, especially for Ben. Right? You know, he comes in. He's he was already like relegated the third string. Sure, makes his collarbone. Now you're in second string behind Tommy Maddox. And, you know, you're playing, but you're like, oh, okay, you know, there's these vets that are going to play before me. And then next thing you know, you're QB1, you know, in the Baltimore <laughs> game in Baltimore. Uh, and you come in that second half, and he almost he almost brings us back. And then from there, you go on a run to reset the uh, the rookie win record. Right. Um, so it, it's a lot, of, a lot of things coming at you at once, and, you know, you kind of, you kind of try and balance that, right? You try and figure out your identity, try, kind of go through the growing pains, but then there's that mellowing out period, right? And I think Ben now has has come full circle. Mm-hmm. You know, because you started this game as a single guy, you end this game with three kids. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and married for a decade plus. So your priorities change along the way. You don't ride motorcycles anymore, right? You know, you you trade that in, you trade that in for a Sprinter van. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you, you, you've increased your wheel capacity that you're willing to drive. And I think, I think, but I think that's kind of the cool thing about it. I think he's matured to the point where you know it's not necessarily autopilot, but you see things in a different perspective, and you realize that things aren't forever. So you're going to push a lot more. So I'm happy with the growth that he's had. I'm I'm happy to see. How you know how well he's doing, um, but you know, but I think he does need help, just like any other quarterback. Some help for him in that backfield. Absolutely, you know, one of the biggest things about it, and I love the fact that you referenced your experience with uh, a lot of missing parts, and you know, the offensive line. Back at that time, it happens throughout uh, the history of any offensive line. You're going to have you're always looking for the the continuity. You're looking for the guys that can play uh, together for a number of, hopefully, a number of years, which grows shorter with, of course, the advent of you know salary cap and everything else. But you're looking for chemistry. You know, chemistry is born out of the blood, sweat, and tears of toiling away in the trenches each and every day. You know, the bloodletting that goes on down there. But it's a brotherhood that comes out of it, out of all the the good times, the not so good times, the bad times. It's all there. And then, of course. You got the rules of the road, all the blocking assignments. These things come together where an offensive line starts to move as one. And I love the fact that you said even with missing parts going to the Super Bowl, a lot of the Darnell Stapleton and everything, the fact of the matter is you, you, you plug and play and you've got to come together, and that's what the Steelers need from an offensive line this year. Oh, most definitely. I completely agree, Wolf. It's one of those things where, no, I, I always say this, the best reference to an offensive line. Five ten pitches, one mic. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Five different guys that have to move to the same rhythm. Yes. And when you find those five guys who choreograph themselves together, that is what you need to work with. And then you continue every team in the NFL is looking for that. And very few teams have that mm-hmm. because they know how important it is. It's one of those things, Wolf, right? When things go right, you right. don't hear our names. Right. But when things go wrong, oh, they know who you are. <laughs> you know, and I think and, and that's what you, we, you know, I always say we pride ourselves in anonymity because when things are coming <laughs> Wait a minute, along, say that again. That's perfect. <laughs> say that again. Yeah. You pride yourself <laughs> what? We pride ourselves in anonymity, <laughs> and and that's what you have to be because, right? Nobody cares about you know the drummer keeping keeping the beat, the band, unless he's doing a solo. But our job is to do solos. Our job is to set it up for the lead guitarist, right? So you know, for him to have his solo and to keep the pace for everybody else, so everybody else knows where to hit their lines. That's what an offensive lineman is. We keep the pace. We keep the tempo for the rest of the team. And it also permeates to the defensive side of the ball, right? Because if we're doing it out, we're chewing up, we're chewing up clock, right. we're chewing up yards, we're grinding it out, 
Defense, guess what? They're sitting on the sidelines with a towel, a Gatorade sitting in front of the fan. They're having a good time, and then they get to go on the field and blow it out for three, four plays, get you the ball back. They're fresher. Right. DBs aren't running a, mil- a million backpedals in the game because you're doing your job. You're giving them the time to recover. And so it just it's all symbiotic, but it all starts on the offensive line, and we're the ones who keep the pace. Max, you've done a fair amount of sideline reporting for the college level. How much different do you think the NFL will be for you? Uh, it won't be too different. I worked for Westwood One. I did the Monday Night Football broadcast for them oh, for okay. a couple okay. of years. Uh, I did the for them. So I'm used, I'm used to that pace, but the biggest thing is going to be I actually get to focus on one team, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, It's not like I have two new assignments every week and I'm having to, to study two new teams based on where I'm going. So for me, I feel like it's going to be even more fun because I get to lock in and I get to actually dive deeper into the Steelers' side. I get to kind of give you my lens, but also, you know, give you what's on the other side of the ball and what they're facing. But knowing that I have the Steelers as one half of my assignment, which literally will be three-quarters of the assignment, um, Makes makes my life easier because I've gone from college to pro, college to pro weekends. Now to actually focus in on the Steelers and not have to worry about you know like Cardinals coverage, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Max, I got to tell you, whatever Monday Night Football it is, you are still the purveyor of one of the greatest quotes I've ever come across when I interviewed you after a game after you wore the Bumblebee jerseys, which had the horizontal stripes. Do you remember what you said to me? I, you know, I do not remember. I'm not going to lie. I, I said a lot of things about that Bumblebee jersey. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was standing there, and you said, no self-respecting fat guy should ever be made to have to wear horizontal stripes. <laughs> It was one of the greatest quotes, and I just I loved you ever since, man. That was just one of the greatest quotes I have ever heard. Just tremendous. Yeah, it's not flattering. It's not flattering, Wolf. <laughs> I, hey, trust me. I I I've yeah. gone completely away from horizontal stripes. Trust me on that one. Yeah, yeah, vertical, vertical only. Give me vertical. <laughs> Give me the pinstripes. It okay? worked for Don Knotts. Slimming. Yes, it worked yeah, for Don Knotts. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and Vito Corleone, too. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, that's tremendous. Max, we're going to go to break here in a little bit, but I want to thank you for joining in. I am so looking forward to working with you, as I know all the other members of the broadcast team are. Uh, you're going to be in the locker room with me this fall. It's going to be it's going to be one of the – got to tell you something. When you come in in-house – let me ask you, are you lean and mean, or are you like me? Uh, did you have a little problem over the quarantine? <laughs> I, I'm still shedding my quarantine 15. Uh, still working on it. Granted, am I sitting in front of a donut shop right now? Yes. Full disclosure, I am. Oh, you are the man. Teasing wolf. You know, cause yeah, I'll t- but, I, but I am looking at coffee. I promise. I, 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 I tell you this, Max. I didn't quarantine. I quarantined. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm looking forward to being in the clubhouse. That, that'll, that'll be fun. Fantabulous. We can we can share we can share our our dieting tips together. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a short segment, that's for sure. Exactly, lean brisket, not moist cut. That's what you need to do. <laughs> Max Starks, you are the man. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. You know what? You did not disappoint, my friend. You're as good as everybody uh, has said you were. Love you, bro. I'll uh, talk to you. Love you too. I'll see you Thursday. Sounds good. <laughs> That's of course the great Max Starks, and what a boy, what a dynamo this guy is. You guys what, are gonna have a lot of fun together. You know, know what? No question. Uh, my brother Ronnie has spoken so highly of Max. Like mm. I said, sits in for him down there. I, I think it's I can't remember the the station right off the top of my head, but um, you know, and and just talked about uh, Max's professionalism and his abilities, and you know, he expected nothing less based on his playing ability. You know, he had a great career, ten years, and he's a guy that uh, you know was just always. Uh, had had the verbiage mm-hmm. and the ability to communicate, and you'll love that about him. So it's going to be fun as we get uh, heading off to Canton Thursday night. Yeah, absolutely. And 
Uh, I mean, as a player, he obviously has crazy size, but uh, my hunch is he's a pretty good head for the game, too. All I can tell you is look out on the sidelines because that man wears a size 22 shoe. Well, really? <laughs> wow. All right, we'll be back with more. It's Touchable from the Locker Room. Matt Williamson will be back after this. Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR. Um, slash money scout. Winding up here, that's of course SNR t- talking uh, broadcast team with all the members. How much fun was that today? That was a lot of fun, was it not? Man? Yeah, I mean, you're going to have a blast with that crew. Great new, uh, I mean, a lot of blast of the old and the new going forward. Starts Thursday night. You and I aren't going to get together until next week, but we're going to have a game to discuss and a game to preview Absolutely. at that point. Right. Biggest, what, what's the one person you want to see Thursday night? How about Ulysses Gilbert? We've brought him up a couple times over the last week or so. Boy, he was a favorite of mine just one year ago, and he really hasn't done anything wrong in the, the last year. But no. He was a preseason he, darling two years you ago. You know, the thing about it is, Jerry O says it best, you know, the one thing with, with injuries, you got to pick up where you left off, and he's done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching him yesterday, watching his body of work that thus far he's produced, uh, I, I don't have any complaints. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the young man, is, is he's a run-and-hit guy with some tremendous physical attributes. He's really gifted. He's, yeah. yeah, he's like he's like a hybrid linebacker within the linebacker profession. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, not exactly as uh, – he's not as, as thick as Devin Bush, but he's there. Yeah, I and mean, with all respect to Spillane, who's a, a fine player, you know, Gilbert is a much higher ceiling. If he reaches it, they're not going to keep him off the field. Think about Spillane, though. Yeah. Get Zooks, man. What a find he has. Hey. He's been right. How did, you know, again, that hit was just so tremendous against Derrick Henry, you mm-hmm. know, on the goal line stand. But that touchdown uh, interception and going off to, uh, you know, off to the end zone to start that game where the st- put the Steelers up, that that's tremendous. I mean, yeah. You watch him. I see him out there before practice. He's out there practicing his drops, p- catching the passes. He puts in the time on the coverage capabilities. Yeah. I mean, Billy Hilgrove mentioned Kevin Colbert as maybe the next Hall of Famer and mentioned the bottom of the roster wow, and yes. the fines and the late-round picks. I mean, Spillane's just another example of finding a diamond in the rough, you know, and really getting the most out of him. And the coaching staff takes another step forward once you get him. I, I had not thought about Kevin Colbert. You know, as yeah. far as because I, I I actually wrote an article about uh, Mike Tomlin and the fact that he's going to get a. Gold I think he's jacket. going. Yeah, there's no question. Yeah. But Kevin Colbert, yes. Yeah. I mean, you think about the great success he's had over the course of years. Uh, you know, B. Hunt is is right. I mean, yeah. that's the guy. Yeah, and people don't realize that Kevin has been doing it longer than his title indicates. I mean, right. He took the GM title ten years into the stint. But over that stretch, 20-plus years, only the Patriots are more successful than the Steelers. And Kevin has a ton to do with it. Boy, I'll say. All right, that's a wrap. This is a gold medal broadcast. The new broadcast team all checked in. Matt Williamson, Craig Wolfley, we'll be, uh, I guess we'll be back next week. But don't forget, Steelers in Canton, Thursday night at 8 o'clock. See you then. Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR.